Well, good morning, Edge City. Uh, we're glad that you're here uh, with us this morning, virtually this time. Uh, I'm going to read today the scripture for today as we dive into our message. Uh, so let me read to you Psalm 71. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6, 9 to 11, and then also verses 17 and 18. So this is the word of God. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the injustice and the cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust. O Lord, from my youth upon you I have leaned from before my birth. So do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hair, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation. Your power to all to those who come. For you, O Lord, you made me see my trouble and calamities. You will revive me again from the depth of the earth. You will bring me up again. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul, also which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the days long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. As the passage that you have heard this morning, uh, we are living, I think it fits really well to our time today, as we're really living, if anything, in a unique season of life right now. As to why I think today's message is actually very important for us. And I think it gives us a glimpse into what God may be speaking to us even now. So even through our own series, which we're coming to a close to end on this idea of what a spiritual healthy family will look like. As we even examine and dive into that series, I get the honor of speaking of a topic which I think a lot of us want to avoid, especially now and what's going on, and that's on death itself. In our society, in our culture, in our world, even at large, we, we typically don't want to talk about death. It's not something that we want to even speak about or even we want to see or witness even in our own life. At any cost, we want to try to avoid it. Even for individuals who are old of age, we ourselves want to avoid that conversation altogether. But the reality is this. Death is something that will come to each and every one of us. We are going to die. We're all going to reach a day when the life that we know will cease. Our organs will stop. Our hobbies will be stilled. Every relationship will be severe. Every ambition will be subdued. There won't be any more second chances. There will be no more do-overs, no makeups, no apologies. The fact is, the casket might be open, but the door to our earthly existence will be shut. That's why this morning I want us to reflect on the passage that was just read to you to talk about what it looks like to age but also prepare for us what it means to finish well. 
when that end does come. And I think it's a topic, like I mentioned, it's important even for our time today. So even as we reflect on what's happening in our world and our society, we can see the pandemic that's happening with this coronavirus. But this pandemic is nothing new that's new to the church at all. <clears throat> Actually, stuff like this has been going on and the church has faced this for many, many years. Actually, probably one of the darkest period might have come in Europe during the Dark Ages where they have said almost one-third of the population was wiped out because of a virus. And as you may see in the slide that may be presented to you on your screen, you'll see the different pandemics that have happened over the history. But even then, the church was faced with a great deal of question, theologically but also spiritually. How do we address this issue of death? That's why we're looking at Psalms 71 this morning. Because it's not a Psalms about death. It's about getting old and approaching death. So here's the question that I want to propose to you all. How does God prepare humanity against its greatest enemy? And I think there's three things from this passage that we can learn from. The first is he reminds us that God is our refuge. So we don't have to fear death. Second is that he reminds us that God will forsake, God will not forsake us, even when we are weak. And third, he reminds us that God is faithful to us, even when we have reached the end. See, as one of your pastors here at Edge, and as a friend to many, I know that, that the topic of death is not something that's easy to come by, but it's a reality that I think that we need to talk about. I think even now more than ever. But by never talking about death, it becomes all the harder to deal with when we are faced with losing a loved one or confronting our own morality. Because most of us will experience death of someone we love dearly, and all of us must face our own. So let us move, if anything, gently into this conversation and look really what God has to speak to us this morning when it comes to aging, but especially finishing well. So let's look at point one. He reminds us that God is our refuge, so we don't have to fear death. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but we're going to look at passage verses 1 through 6. But let me read you the first three verses. Verse 1, it says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ears to me and save me. But be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come to you and given the command to save me, for you are my rock, for you my fortress. See, Psalm 71 is a psalm, if anything, of an old man, a person who has aged in his life and is approaching death, if anything. He is an old man with many trials and many problems, but he is obviously a joyful man who is able to put his focus on the Lord, even in the midst of all the trials that he is faced in the psalms. See, the psalm shows us, to put it simply, that God's way to grow old is to develop a walk with Him now. That means the way that you have grown throughout your years when you were younger to where you are now in your old age, if that's where you are at this moment, it's important how you devote it to God and how you walk with God will dictate to how your life will look like when it's time to finish it. See, the reason that the psalms 
could handle this problem so well as an old man, the psalmist here, which some say it could be David or maybe someone else, but whatever the case may be, this old man was able to handle his problems because he delved a walk with God in the years leading up to this time in his old age. He had a proven resource in the Lord which enabled him to be strong inside. Even though his body was growing weaker and his enemies were powerful, but yet through his old age, one thing was always constant that always reminded him as he looked to the past that God is his refuge. And this didn't come as an overnight process, but this started when he was young. And through the seasons in life, and through his life, that he was reminded as he put his trust in God, that God is his refuge. See, there's something which, which everybody wants, yet almost everyone fears. And that's growing old. And for many of our congregation, most of us, we're on the younger side. But yet there are folks of us who are getting to the older side. So old age has many frightening aspects. An aging body, which is more susceptible to illnesses, to declining strength, feeling of uselessness, especially even after retirement. The loss of a friend or loved one through death, the reality of one's own death drawing near, loneliness, feeling of alienation from one's children or to grandchildren, who typically who say they're busy with other interests and pursuits, and very often even financial burdens and concerns come about. But as you and I face the prospect of growing old, we need to ask ourselves, what should I be doing now? However old I am, how do I prepare for that old age? How do I finish well? The fact is that you will be then what you will become now. If you're not becoming a person of faith now in your younger days, you will not be a person of faith then, when you do hit to that old age. If you are a negative, grumpy person now, you will not be a positive, cheerful person then. If you aren't doping, I walk with God now. And be reminded that God is our refuge. He's someone that we need to cling on and know. And that's what the psalmist here was writing. See, I think the biggest thing as we age is that we're confronted with anything. If anything, it's death itself. When we're young, we're not even thinking about that. That doesn't even cross our mind. But whether if you're young or whether you are old, we're reminded that we need to put our trust in God to see that God is our refuge, that he will come to for us. And when we cling on to that, we're reminded that we don't need to fear death. See, as a pastor and a hospice chaplain, I spend many hours in the presence of dying people. As death approaches, people look back on their life and they feel tremendous regret. Even some of them, they feel a deep dissatisfaction with oneself come to what's going on. Sometimes many of my patients, they, they, they feel this level of guilt of things not said or done for their loved ones. Or if apologies not made to receive for kindness, refused or unkindness done to them or anyone else or a level of forgiveness was not able to be shown to other individuals. Or they may feel like an opportunity has been wasted away. More than regret or more of the past, actually what they fear most is the fear of the future. Of what is, what will life be without when I'm not there anymore? Where do I go? See, what we see in this passage 
is a psalmist who knew God. He had learned to trust God through some of the toughest times in his life. And he knew God, therefore, so that he could upper up his his, his thoughts and his minds of knowing how God has been faithful to him in the past to see that God is still his refuge. As I mentioned before, the patients who that I have seen, even when they came close to near death itself in their old age, much of them always talked about the, the, this, this regret that they've always had. But also they also talked about what the future may look like. But when you look closely at it, when people start to talk in these ways, especially when they're approaching the end of their life, the underlying emotion is really not fear, but it's actually the fear of judgment. See, if we are faced with this type of fear, then our refuge will become something else when we're faced with the great enemy. See, for many of us, when death is approaching us, when death is staring at us in our culture and our society, don't get me wrong, we jump to the medical prognosis. We want to jump into the medical advices because we want to prolong life as long as that we can. Because we are fearing of what death will bring to us and what life will look after that. But sometimes this might even set up as an unrealistic or unprepared view of death itself. And I think that's something that we need to address and that we need to talk. Know this, either you're young or you're old. It's in death that God says, if I'm not your security, then you got no security because I am the thing that can't be taken away from you. I will hold you in my everlasting arms, the Father will say, because every set of arms will fail you, but I will never fail you. Why? Because you are reminded that God is your refuge, whether young or old, (laughs) even especially towards his end. You will see that he is your refuge. He is your rock. He is your fortress. He is the one that we trust in, even when death is staring us down. See, Christianity actually gives us a champion who doesn't leave you to face death on your own, but actually he won by defeating death in itself. Instead, Christianity gives you a champion who said that he has defeated death, who pardons you and covers you with his love as you face death in him because he has a perfect record that he places upon you. That's the goodness of the gospel that he brings so that we don't have to fear death, even as we approach this old age and also as we prepare to finish well. So the question is this, are you developing a habit of trusting God even in the difficulties of your life? Or are you frequently filled with worry and doubt and fear of what years down the road may look like for you? If you have trouble trusting, concentrate on getting to know God. Also review what God has already done for you because I think this is huge and tremendous, even in the passage that we will continue to look at further because it will strengthen your faith and persevere you for for the days and years ahead of you. May we see that God is our refuge. May we see that God is the one that we lean on. So let's look at at point two. How does God prepare humanity uh, as we face our greatest enemy? And this is the second point. He reminds us that God will not forsake us, even when we are weak. Let's look at verses 9 through 11. And this is God's word. He says, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. 
those who watch for my life consult together, and they say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. What we notice in these few verses is that as a person grows old in age, there come some lessons that are learned along the way. And what does this mean to finish this race well? And if you want to finish this race well, you need to know that even as when it comes to old age, <laughs> there come some hurdles. I'm not in the old age range, but I even see the little hurdles that even come for me as someone that's only 34. But I see it in my parents, and I see it in, 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 in others who talk about the struggles where they were able to do things when they were younger, but now when they're older, their energy has gone a lot less. And we see that even in the psalmist talking about how he couldn't do the things what he could have done when he was young at an old age because he's faced with this level of weakness that is physically shown in his body. And we see this through those verses 9 through 11. Look at verse 9. It says, Do not cast me off in time of old age, because do not forsake me, because when my strength is failing. Because it comes a time as we face with this old age that we're limited. Our physical abilities are not there. There's many challenges that we're faced with when we come to the stage of old age. And for many of us, we try not to depend on others. We feel like we're confident enough to take care of our own self because we've always been independent. And sooner or later, pride creeps up. What if we put off our physical abilities and confidence actually in the abilities of God? But also when it comes to old age, we think that our younger days are the days when there was so much trouble and worry. But actually that still comes even at the stage of life that you may be in at this old age. Look at verses 10 and 11. It says, For my enemies have spoken against me, and those who watch for my life have consulted together, saying, God has forsaken him. See, when we look at old age, often when a person is young, they typically daydream, if anything. They daydream about the future in times of when they will be financially secure or at least when their present problems are no more. Yet this Psalms actually warns us of the opposite, where he says we will never reach a stage in our lives when all of our problems, when all of our worries, and all of our adversaries will be gone. Actually, it will continue to be there. But the psalmist is reminding us that we must continue to grow in our faith. Because in old age, we will still have problems. We will still have adversaries. And we will still have worries. And we will still have distractions that will come along our way. But may we find strength and ability in our God, knowing that that is important at all times. Because we are reminded that He is the one that we find great strength in, even when we feel that we are weak. Or even when we feel like when our bodies have failed, when everyone around us is gone, that we feel that God may have forsaken us. He actually hasn't. He's reminding us that he's always there, even within the storms. Let's continue. We also see in the psalmist where he says, when it comes to old age, you're going to be more alone, if anything. Look at verse 11. It says, pursue and seize him, for there is no one to deliver. See, what we see, whether it's David that's in the psalms or someone else, we see that David is faced with this huge obstacle that's coming across him. 
where for the first time before he had many young folks, many friends, many others who knew of his existence. But now as he grew older and aged, the psalmist, he's saying that he is alone. There is not that many people around him to receive him or to know him because most at that at that age onwards have either passed away. There's something that I read from John Piper in one of his articles as a pastor out in the Midwest. He wrote this and it made so much sense, especially in the season of life that I'm in. Because if you think about it, it takes tremendous, enormous amount of energy to raise kids, especially for those young parents right now. Your responsibility is really taking care of the little kids that are there. So if anything, I think God has planned that children are supposed to be born to parents that are young. Because the reality is old people, they just, I don't know how it fits well when having babies at that age. It will be too hard. It will be too difficult. See, to be as successful as a parent, you need energy to run around and chase the kids, which I know day in and day out, as well as my wife. And you need more of that, but not less. At the other end of life, when we're not bringing people into the world, but we're actually preparing to leave, in that age and stage of life, energy is not the key to success. Because the day will come when you can't even get out of bed. And at that moment, you can be a success. Because the, the key to getting old and finishing well is actually in God's word and in God's grace. Basically, to put it, our bodies, as we age, they will get weak. They're not going to get stronger Things will start to break down inside of you. Things around you will be a lot different. Even many people that you thought were once with you, your friends, your colleagues, your family member, it's a good chance at that stage of life as you approach near to death, most of them are gone. And as we realize this, we are also faced with even death itself as we approach that age. And we need to be reminded, even with the Psalms, that God will not forsake us even at that moment, even when things might seem hopeless around us. So the reality is death is not the way it ought to be. It is abnormal. It is not a friend. It, is, it isn't right. And this isn't truly part of the circle of life. See, death is the end of it. So when death does come, or when we lose our loved ones, the Bible actually tells us to grieve and to grieve to cry. The Bible tells us not only to weep, but to weep with those who are weeping. So we have, if anything, a lot of crying to do. Even as your body is failing, grieving, knowing that there is hope, because we know that this body is not the final say. We know that Jesus is the one who conquered death, and we will share in his resurrection and in his hope. Because God said he has never forsaken us even when we are weak. So as we put all this together, let me come to my final point. And that's this. He reminds us that God is faithful to us, even when we have reached the end. Look at verses 17 and 18. It says, Oh God, from my youth, you have taught me. And I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hair, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation your power to all to those who come. I do believe that this last point is important 
especially when it comes to the point where we're called to prepare and to finish well on this earth. Because I think this psalmist really captures to us what this all means. See, the psalmist, although he was old, he could have kicked back and relaxed and done absolutely nothing, or what we like to call retirement, where he'll say that he deserves some rest. <laughs> but what we see here in this psalmist, he didn't do any of that at his old age. He still had a concern for ministry, for testifying to others of the goodness and the faithfulness of God and the power of God. As long as he had breath, <laughs> as long as he was able to breathe, he wanted to keep telling people about God's greatness and of God's glory. See, the purpose of this old man's praying and talking to God was to know this in verse 18. And even when I am old and gray, O God, do not forsake me until I declare thy strength to this generation, thy power to all those who are to come. Basically what the psalmist is saying that he was looking forward, even at this old age, to continue to teach and declare to the next generation of the faithfulness and of the goodness of God. And I think for us, we need to really challenge, if anything, I think the, the idea of the American dream of retirement. See, we, we tend to go with the culture view that retirement is a time in life when we can do what we want to do. But as Christians, we never earn that right to do what we want to do with our time. We never have the right to live selfishly. All of life, if anything, must be lived under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And where in the Bible do we find that magic number of 65 as a means of saying this is when we have to retire? If you freed up from your job at 65 and you're healthy, why not if you view this opportunity at this moment to serve the Lord in whatever capacity that may be? What if you did apply yourself into Bible colleges or schools and training and sent off into the mission field? Pastor Nan, I know he's always mentioned this. What if at that age, it's not a time to just relax and have fun, which don't get me wrong, you should definitely do that and enjoy. But at the same time, what if at that age, you gave it all to the Lord to glorify him so the next generation could hear of his goodness? based on whatever passions and desires are in your heart, even at that age of what you could do. So hear me out. Once you get old in age, the enemy is constantly putting lies in your head, saying that you can't do this, your body is weak, you can't speak, you're thinking of crazy things, and ultimately even death is knocking on your door, because that is even constantly on your mind. Think about it. Even the idea of retirement has always been used as a ways for people in authority to induce behavior in others for their own purposes. If we look throughout history, we see Augustus Caesar, for instance, he gave his former soldiers a big pension to prevent them from becoming disgruntled or even overthrowing the government. We even see throughout history where Chancellor Otto, a person of Germany, one of the leaders, where he said that he would throw out a wet blanket on the socialist radicals by offering payouts to the elderly. If anything, we see this as a common trend when it comes to retirement, because if you really think about the picture of retirement came only out of the Industrial Revolution, where we gave this picture-perfect scenario that if you put your blood and sweat into this company, you have this lush and various wonderful life at the end that you'll see. 
But is that really the goal and the purpose that God has designed and created us for us to be? I know for our parents' generation, maybe for many of us, our parents' generation, that has been taught and maybe even been taught now. But we feel like we're simply a machine. I think this only does great damage and dehumanizes us. But I think there's great value in something even bigger. So I think the only way, I think even to rethink this idea of retirement is not where we simply say, suck it up now, so that from decades from now you can live this lush life. No, I, I think we need to even change up the word retirement or vocabulary to see that maybe it is an unhealthy concept. What if we chose to use the late life actually as an opportunity to change directions in our work? But what if this retirement itself was called for a greater purpose for us? That God may be calling you to do great things, to declare of His goodness, of His might, in only ways that only you know how God could do that through you. That's why the point is, the psalmist didn't want to be delivered from his problems so that he could play golf <laughs> or go even fishing every day. No, he wanted to be delivered so that he could proclaim God's power to the next generation. Because he had a vision to hand off the baton to the younger generation. He saw a longer life as an opportunity for extended ministry. And his ministry was built on his knowledge of God and his habits of trust, praise, and hope. So that he has something to work worth handing off to. And I will never forget maybe some of the most powerful visits that I had with hospice, seeing a lot of my patients, the people who loved God deeply, even at their very old age, even when they knew they only have days or weeks or maybe even months left to live, even in their weakness, they still declare the goodness and the love of God, which always amazed me and how they even share that with me. Even many of them talked about how they will write out their funeral services of what that may look like for them at the very end and how they want to leave this life by finishing well so that through that service, the gospel may be preached. That still blows my mind, even some of the patients that I've seen who love God deeply. But how about you? Are you developing a lifestyle of ministry now built on your personal walk with God? It makes for a meaningful, if anything, in old age. And it makes great impact. So as I come to a close, how does God prepare humanity against his greatest enemy? He reminds us that God is our refuge, so we don't have to fear death. He reminds us that God will never forsake us, even at old age, and that God is faithful, and he wants his faithfulness to be declared forever as you look throughout your life. I do believe if we cling on to the promises said in the Psalms, we can be sure that we will age well and finish well, knowing that the gospel has been proclaimed and many will remember us, not because of who we are or what we've done, but when we take that final breath, people will see the goodness of God because we finish well. And I think that's what the psalmist here wrote in Psalms verse 23 and 24, where he said, My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteousness, which will help for days long. Church, our greatest enemy 
is not the COVID-19. Our enemy has and will always be death as he stares down at us, whether we are young or whether we are old. If our trust and faith is in our champion in Jesus who defeated death, then through faith we do not need to fear darkness no more because we could be able to taunt death and look it straight in his eye and be reminded what Paul, Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Because the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to end with the story, and then we'll close in prayer. There was a well-known pastor, Donald Barnhouse, was a minister of a tent press church in Philly. When his wife was only in her late 30s, she died of cancer, leaving him with four children under the age of 12. When driving with his children to the funeral, a large truck pulled past them in the left lane, casting its shadow over them. Barnhouse actually asked his children who were in the car, would you rather be run over by the truck or the shadow of the truck? Which is crazy that he even asked that question. But his 11-year-old answered, this and said, the shadow, well, what else would it be? The father concluded, well, well, that's what has happened to your mother. Only the shadow of death has passed over her because the death itself ran over Jesus. See, the sting of death is sin, and the poison went into Jesus. So any Christian man or woman has the power to triumph over death like this. This is how we will age well, but also finish well. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy. Even a season and time as this, Lord, as the pandemic that's even around us, death may be staring at some of us, whether it be at the hospital, whether it be at our homes, whether it be when we're walking out in the streets, Lord. May we be reminded that, God, you are our refuge, that you have not forsaken, you have not forgotten us, that you have always been faithful, and that you're always watching us. Lord, would you give us wisdom? Would you give us all that's needed in the days ahead? May you give strength to our family, our church, even at this time and this need. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your grace. May we all, Lord, whatever stage of life that we are in, may we age well, but also finish well. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. We pray this in your name. Amen.